0: good morning it's saturday morning it is nine forty this morning and uh you know with uh, everything that we have going on in the world right now you get a lot of people that can easily get discouraged and sometimes get fearful of the future all of the uncertainty that you have going on and uh but but obviously we never want to stay in that place of fear we never want to play stay in that place where uh you know we're, we're feeling uh de-energized and discouraged and how do you get out of it how do you get out of it if you're feeling down you're feeling discouraged well I was looking back geez back when I was in college right so I was wrestling at Edinburgh University and I had a great great coach an excellent coach Um, you know what makes a great coach somebody that is positive somebody that brings the best out in you somebody that believes in you when you don't always believe in yourself and uh, and my college wrestling coach was Mike Deanna, and he was a three-time, three-time Ohio state champion, so a great, great wrestler. And then he went on to wrestle for Dan Gable, the great Dan Gable, the University of Iowa coach, and he was a two-time national runner-up and a four-time All-American there. And uh, and then he found his way over to Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania, where he was the, uh, the head coach, took over the program. And I was a freshman, and he had recruited me from St. Ed's. And, um, and you know, Mike was was a, the absolute total encourager, and we have him on the line right now. Coach Mike DeAnna, how are you
1: today? Hi, Dave. Good morning. I'm I'm good, thanks for asking. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. And you know, it's something, too. A lot of people, when they look at the uh, difficulties that they go through, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, if they look down at your forearm – uh, you you really don't have a forearm. That whole forearm muscle is gone because you were diagnosed with cancer back when you were in college. This is when you were wrestling, and uh, they removed the tum- tumor, and then of course it came back, and they removed it again, and then uh, it it's it still was growing, and so you had a third operation, and in spite of all that, you still came back, and you wrestled, and you won, and then you went on and coached coached in college. And I remember that time when, um, so my freshman year, you said to me, and this is after I lost. I was in a tournament and I lost three times in one day. Now, when I was in high school at St. Ed's, I didn't lose three times in high school, let alone, uh, you know, in one day. And I was just down. I was discouraged. And and then I had an even better guy, uh, you know, to coming up. And and you could see I was down. And and the funny thing was, you just said, "Hey, just see if you can." get a takedown. I don't care whether you win or not. Do you remember that?
1: Well, you sometimes you have to um, set smaller short-term goals to reach the big objective. And, and, uh, you know, if you, if you lose sight of your, your focus or your goal, then you, people tend to, to give up or quit. Um, you know, it's, it seems like it's too far to accomplish. And, uh, you know, so I th- I think if, you know, if you do take baby steps, um, you'll see that you've accomplished quite a bit.
0: So remember, and, and you know, and it's so true, and that's what, really what, you know, you did a great job with that. So the first time that I met you, I was a junior in high school. You were training for the U.S. Olympic team, and we were, John Heffernan and I were working out together with you. We are you know, we were in high school. And you were going into the Cleveland State Open tournament that weekend, and you're working out with us, and and you told us, you said, you know, you're just as good as Rico Ciparelli, who was the number one recruit in the country that went to the University of Iowa. And I remember thinking, you think I'm that good? You think I'm as good as him? And you said, oh, yeah, you are. You guys are tough. You said, why don't you come into this open wrestling tournament with me? We're like, this is for college people, and – college athletes and guys that graduated from college. You're like, oh, you'll do fine. So we went with you. And I remember the first match I had was a guy from Cleveland State. He was a wrestler, a starter for Cleveland State, and I'm a junior in high school. And you said, oh, I can't wait to see you beat him. And I thought, oh, man, Mike Deanna believes in me. And I wrestled him, and I beat him. So you really have learned to set the expectations higher, right, for
1: you 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 have to, or or you don't accomplish what you what you believe in. Um, I, I I thought you could win. I I had worked out with you and Heffernan for a week, and and uh, I, I know anybody can be beat at any time. So um, if you think you can win, you probably will.
0: That's right. And you've and you said like if as a coach, like what in in your mind, what what were you always thinking with your athletes? I mean what
1: um well, well we started off with a young team we we took over to edinburgh when you were a freshman the year before you arrived the team had not not won a dual meet and was i like to say second last in division two we were had the goal of going division one and there was a two-year waiting period but we were second last and actually e and edinburgh came before s in springfield and <laughs> We both scored zero points at the NCAA tournament, but I didn't like to say we were last, so I said we were second last.
0: Second last. Um,
1: <laughs> so you know, you know, we we had some high goals. I, I don't know. I guess when you guys came in, we we expected you guys to win, and and that's a, that's a critical part of of coaching.
0: So you want them. You've got to have. You've got to establish that belief, and you know, because you told me one time you said it's really being a being a coach is. Is like being a psychologist. You got to understand yeah. the athlete.
1: Yeah, the, really. And every everybody who's coached probably understands this to some degree. The most successful um, coaches and the most successful athletes really click emotionally. You have to be able to get into a kid's head and know what helps him and what motivates him, and keep him on the right track mentally and keep him thinking positively. So. I always felt, and to this day, I still feel no matter who we put on the mat, I expected every guy to win. I believed every guy could win, and I still believe that. And it doesn't matter who you wrestle, what their record is, what your record is, we always had a strategy that our guys could win.
0: And see that's can you hear me better Mike you were saying you couldn't you text him, me you couldn't hear yeah, me Yeah that's you, a little better I a little better be great. Okay so you know one of the other things is you, if you had mentioned too it's like you've got to believe in in your athletes you have to believe in them right And and also you got to care about them you got to love them that you, you know as a person
1: you're you're in it together it's not uh he won or he lost or I won or I lost it's we did it we won and and you have to always feel that way. And we lost. So <clears throat> what could we do better? Um as a group, a group of athletes, especially in an individual sport. You you can't leave a kid out there to hang him out there to dry and say, Oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. <clears throat> Obviously there are there are moments that that those talks can take place, but in general We could have done this. We should have done that. Um, those kinds of conversations really, really help a kid sometimes. And, uh, you know, I I think that was, that was critical for our guys. We, I really believed in the guys, really loved the guys. And, and it was a family thing. Um, my my wife was supportive. Your families were supportive and, and we just took it on together and, and believed in each other.
0: Well you know it's so true and 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 please say hello to Pam for me your wife's a great lady she was always you you were you were like the dynamic duo you know both of you are very positive very encouraging to 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 all the athletes on the team and um you know I got a really good story and and I remember back so my freshman year uh you know I didn't know what I was doing I was green I was new lost a lot of matches but you say oh you're still going to be an all-American and it turns out that I was and, uh, you know, with all of your encouragement and support. So then the second year, now I've got pressure because now I'm the co-captain of the team. We had Dean Hall and David Rowan and myself, we were the co-captains. And I remember I was cutting down to 167 pounds. This was the right before the national tournament. It was the national qualifier. It was being held at our school at Edinburgh. And, and I remember it was on a Wednesday, Wednesday night and the, and the weigh-in was the next morning at. 10 o'clock and we were going to have a, a practice, a workout at eight o'clock to weigh in and, um, uh, to, you know, to cut our final weight. Well, I remember that night before, you know, how we always say in wrestling, like, Oh, you never quit. You never give up. Right. Well, you, you don't, you don't want to, but that night I just, I hadn't eaten. We were working out intentionally and I just, I guess, cracked. I went over to the Van Hooten dining hall sat down after practice on a Wednesday evening and just started eating cheeseburgers and chocolate cake and drinking Mellow Yellow Pop and just just quit. And I remember looking at the newspaper, I'm reading the front page of the local newspaper, it had our picture. Edinburgh goes for national title, led by returning All-Americans, David Held, Dean Hall, and David Rowan. And I thought, as I'm eating the cheeseburger, well, this is not going to happen. And so, so, and then of course, you know, you get relief when you first quit, right? You get relief. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this feels good. And then when I went back to the apartment, I'm like, I am such a loser. I'm in trouble. So I didn't say much. And uh, the next morning when it came time to go to practice at eight o'clock, I'm still laying in bed. I'm thinking of my excuse. Like, what am I going to do? and and david rowan you know he was always very disciplined terry kennedy and they're like what are you doing i said oh my shoulder hurts You know, i needed an excuse my shoulder is is injured i don't think i can wrestle and they were just looking at me like because i knew i quit you know uh, that i couldn't cut the weight so the phone starts ringing it's ringing in the apartment and and it was like haunting me so i took a pillow Rather than facing the music, I took a pillow. I put it over the phone. It kept ringing, ringing, ringing. Then I stuffed it under the the couch so I couldn't hear it. So the phone's going, and you could barely hear it. I get in the shower. I'm thinking, well, I got to go face the music here. I got to come up with my excuse. And as I'm in the shower, the phone's still ringing. The curtain in the shower rips open, and you're standing there. You go, what are you doing? And I'm like, "Uh, I can't wrestle. Uh, My shoulders hurt. You go, get in the car. Get your stuff. We're going to work out. So you drove me. You drove me over to the gym. It was like the longest ride because I was saying nothing. And you go, get on the scale. I was like 12 pounds over. The weigh-in was at, it was it was two hours away. And I'm thinking, it's impossible. I'm, I'm done. I can't, you know. And you go, there's another weigh-in tomorrow morning. So we're going to work out. And what you did is you said, get your workout gear on. And we worked out for like two and a half hours. And, of course, we're just trying to cut the water weight. And but you went with me the whole way. You ran with me every single step of the way. For like 2 hours.
1: Well, I've cut weight before and I knew I knew what you were going through and you can't you can't cut weight alone. That's like rule number 1 for weight loss. That's that's very difficult. And uh sometimes people just crack, you know, and it's very difficult to to not eat, to not drink and then start working out and continue to work out. So If you you cut weight alone, that's a recipe for disaster.
0: Well, you know, the one thing that you said to me, though, Mike, because I kept saying, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, you know, I was I was so defeated, you know, because you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking, oh, God, the judgment. Right. Because here I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm supposed to be the captain. I, you know, and, and I let everybody down. That's what you're thinking. And you're like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine let's just, let's get this going. You're, you pointed to where we needed to go. You didn't say, what were you thinking? What, you know, you're a quitter, you're weak, you're, you, and you actually took it on yourself. You said, this is my fault. You said, nobody, nobody needs to cut weight by themselves. I underestimated this. I should have paid closer attention. And, and so then we worked out and then after we worked out, you know, you lose like seven pounds. It's all water weight, right? Which is fairly easy to, mm-hmm. you know, do. I mean, after couple hours of working out. But then you go, now go home. Don't eat tonight. Don't go to the dining hall. And, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back and work out in the morning. And we worked out again in the the morning. And now it's getting a little bit tougher because you get the last couple of pounds you're trying to, you're trying to cut down. And you're like, you're going to do this. You can get, and, and sure enough, made the weight, right? And, uh, and then won the tournament. Won the tournament. And was an All-American again that, that year. But, you know um i didn't see it at the time you did though
1: well you you know you you just need to stay positive and keep working you, if you if you think about it too much if you, if you really dwell on the what ifs and the, and the process itself if you dwell on it too much while you're trying to accomplish it could be a workout or a weight loss or whatever that, that then <clears throat> then the excuses start to crop back into your mind so you can't you can't think about it during that process. You can think about it at other times, but not during the weight loss or not during the workout. You you just have to go after it and get it. Um, it could be competition, it could be practice, it could be whatever. Weightlifting, could be running. You just have to do it. And you can, if you think too much about it while it's taking place, you you, you know that's that, again it can
0: bring you down. It just it's a it's it a distraction. You down. It's
1: too far to go, like you know, you could be a marathon runner. It's you can't start a marathon thinking about the whole situation. You you have to be in the right frame of mind for a competition.
0: And isn't it something too? Because you've always said this to us that uh, you know you've always told this to everybody on our team that you got to surround yourself by, with good people. I mean, whether you're in business or you're on an athletic team or because because this the standard is raised, the standard's higher. When you have right. people with high standards, right, that that all want to succeed, you know, because yeah. you have times you know, where
1: you have to be, yeah, you have you have to be surrounded with good good people, good role models, good examples. I mean, my my dad and mom were real positive. They took me everywhere. My dad was a state wrestling champ in 1953,
0: and so he was Lino. Know, Lino, he was a state champion too.
1: Yeah so you you have to be surrounded by and then my my first y m c a coach was was Howard Ferguson, who was your saint ed's coach right so when I started in third grade he, so they were very positive, and the expectation um was always the same you you you're supposed to win i I remember he he bumped me up a weight class, we were wrestling, and I was a little kid, you know I was like. I don't know, somewhere between third and fifth grade, and, and I tied a bigger kid, and he was good, and we tied. And it was four to four. You could tie back then. There wasn't, like, criteria in overtime because you were, you know, just young kids in a YMCA right. program. And he called me four to four Deanna for a month straight. Let me tell you, I never <laughs> tied again. You know, four to four. Come on over here, four to four. Wrestle with this guy. Oh, over and over.
0: And man, and over. isn't you, that you, funny? Yeah, and that was yeah, Howard Ferguson. That. Yeah, he was. Uh, gosh, well, he was my high school coach. He was your grade school coach. Oh, he was intense,
1: intense. But, you know, and that's how it was. And then when I, Joe Scalletto was the same way at Bay Village, and and I went to when my freshman year was Gable's first year, and everybody knows, you know, Gable and his name. And I mean, he 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 would do anything. Like you got to walk through the wall. Okay, let's go. You know, you got to knock the wall down. Let's go
0: knock the wall down well you well you remember my dad right and i'm sure my dad's listening here too so he was my first coach in grade school and i remember one time i had a close match in high school and he said uh and i said oh that ref i think he was he was he was a homer he was looking out for the other guy and my dad said hey don't let the match be so close next time so the so the ref doesn't play a role that's your fault well coach uh it was great having you on mike deanna So nice of you to join us this morning.
1: Well, you're very welcome. It's good to talk with you, Dave.